Welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges, where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill, and I am your host. And today's quote is by Roy T. Bennett. Beliefs are choices. First, you choose your beliefs, then your beliefs affect your choices. I am very excited about our guest today because he speaks my language. You're going to love him. He's amazing. So Tim Schur has advanced degrees in psychology and is a multi-award winning hypnotist. He facilitated over 15,000 individual coaching sessions and hundreds of group training experiences over the last 32 years and discovered how to quickly eliminate anxiety and self-sabotage while skyrocketing productivity and leadership impact. As an award-winning leadership speaker, Tim has helped corporate clients earn millions in annual revenue using the One Belief Away method from his book, One Belief Away. And Tim's approach is so effective, he's been featured on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox News, and the TEDx stage. He's also the founder of the Global Legend Summit and host of the popular How to Be Mesmerizing podcast. Welcome, Tim. How are you today? Oh, Heather, it's so good to be with you. Thanks for having me on your show. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. I love your topic, and I think our listeners are going to as well. But, you know, we got to dive into the stuff, the tough stuff first. Was there a pivotal moment in your life that put you on the journey to help free people from self-sabotage? I mean, when we hear self-sabotage, it's like, oh, it's so heavy, right? So what about you? Well, it's a great question. And I have all kinds of stories for uh, why I grew up insecure and full of anxiety. But I think the most pivotal one was I was 12 years old and I was at home and the phone rang and I answered it. And the woman on the other end said, honey, find your mom. There's been an accident. Oh, uh, goodness. My, yeah. My dad uh, was an electrician at US Steel in the steel mills. And um, he was working on a big electrical panel and someone turned it on while he was in there with his screwdriver and uh, it blew up and it burned him third degree burns on most of his body. And uh, we thought he was going to die. And I moved in with my grandparents and my mom moved in with my dad at Loyola burn unit, uh, trying to keep him alive. And uh, he did make it, you know, after, after almost a year of skin grafts and everything else, mm-hmm. um, you know, my dad had scars on the outside. We all had scars on the inside. And um, what happened, it's not the traumatic experiences that we go through. Uh, We all go through what I call big T and little T traumas. Um, It's the beliefs that come from them that can affect us decades later. And the belief that formed in my mind was I'm not safe, you know, and and I'm not good enough to be able to handle myself or take care of myself. And so I developed all kinds of dysfunctional ways of dealing with my anxiety and fears and and uh, that's what self-sabotage is. It's when we, we keep ourselves from having the inner peace or the prosperity we desire in life, and, but we don't know we're the ones doing it. We think it's just happening to us. And so that was a pivotal moment for me, Heather, that my brain, instead of playing life to win, uh, I was playing life not to lose. And you know, when you play life not to lose, that's what happens. 
even if you are winning on the outside. Yeah, that is really powerful. And, and I know that you refer to self-sabotage as needless emotional suffering. So sometimes we have suffering that occurs, but it becomes needless when we're not really understanding how it's impacting us, right? Or, or is there more to that? No, that's right. I mean, when, when we are um, causing ourselves to be afraid when there's no reason to be afraid, when we're not trusting ourselves, when we think of ourselves as an imposter, when we hold ourselves back from doing the things that we know inside we could be doing, but we hold ourselves back, it causes needless emotional suffering. In life, there's going to be pain. It's unavoidable, but so much of the stress, the worry, the frustrations, how we hurt our relationships, how we, you know, what we do with our money, what we do to our health, uh, so much of that is unnecessary. Um, but we don't know any better because our brain gets trained to respond to potential threats in a specific way. And as much as we might try to use willpower or positive thinking to change. Uh, what we're focusing on or how we're feeling, our unconscious mind has been programmed a certain way. And if we don't upgrade that programming, if we don't upgrade those beliefs that are in our unconscious mind, then we continue to do the same things that cause the problems and the stress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I totally understand what you're talking about personally, as well as with my clients. What, what was the point for you when you realized what was going on and that you had to make a shift before you get to teaching it to other people? How did, how did you figure this out? Well, it wasn't just one moment. It was a series of moments mm -hmm. and, um, you know, going to school for psychology to try to figure me out. And then while I was going to school uh, in one of my psych classes, they had guest speakers come in and one was a hypnotist. And um, they asked for a volunteer and I had no idea what hypnosis was. So I thought I'll cluck like a chicken, you know, <laughs> trying to be the class clown, mm -hmm. you know, trying to make people, trying to get people to like me was one of my coping skills, mm -hmm. right? Always chasing that validation and approval. And, um, and so I volunteered, and, but I didn't cluck like a chicken. In fact, I felt this extreme feeling of peace. It was like that anxiety knot that I walked around with in my stomach disappeared for a little while. And I'm like, what is this? So I got really hooked on hypnosis and went to school for uh, hypnotism as well as my psychology degrees, just trying to learn how to unlock that peace and that power that we all have inside of us. And then as I became an entrepreneur and started working for myself, because I really couldn't work for anybody else and keep a job, <laughs> yeah. um, then uh, I started hiring coaches. And coaches, you know, coach, amazing coaches like you, Heather, help people to uh, have a higher level of self-awareness. We live up to the level of self-awareness that we have. And most people have a lower level. We don't recognize our own blind spots. We have a hard time seeing our own self-sabotage. We can see it in others, you know, plain as day. You know, most coaches will say, boy, I can help everybody else do this. But when I try to do it for myself, geez, I don't know what happens. Oh, and, uh, and it's because we have a hard time um, being able to recognize it within ourselves. And so I've had a series of coaches as well. And each coach helped me to understand another piece of the puzzle. And ultimately, it came down to loving and accepting myself, being able to love and accept and trust and respect myself 
forgive myself for anything uh, that I might have done to hurt others or, or even just for holding on to the hurt that I experienced uh, growing up in life. And so that self-love and that self-acceptance is what really started to set me free. And, um, and so that's why my main goal, even if I'm helping people make money, that's a symptom, that's a side effect. You know, that self-love and that, that uh, self-acceptance is what gives people the ability to start attracting more prosperity and inner peace. I love it. And I think of it as um, freedom. You know, it, it gives them the freedom to be able to really become who they, who they were meant to be. You have an amazing book, One Belief Away. And you state that when entrepreneurs and business leaders get stuck or maybe stressed out or overwhelmed, that they, they struggle to make breakthroughs because they can be trying to solve the wrong problems. Can you help clarify what you mean by that? Yes. Yeah, so imagine for uh, that, imagine that you're, you know, we all have uh, computers and we've all downloaded um, malware, right? Or computer viruses onto our laptop, for example, and then all of a sudden your email doesn't work. And you could have a really powerful computer and amazing programs. But if you download that malware, those computer viruses, then all of a sudden it keeps the programs from operating at their full potential. Now you can yell at your laptop, you can bang your hands on the keyboards, uh, you can try uh, to uh, download a new copy of the software. But if you don't get rid of the malware, if you don't get rid of the, the virus, then none of that other stuff is going to work. And so our human brain, our human operating system also downloads malware, right? In the form of beliefs. I'm not good enough. Um, I'll be rejected. I'm not worthy of love. I'm an imposter. Uh, you know, I've, I'm not lucky. Things don't work out for me. You know, I don't deserve it. And if we try to just have better sales tools and we better have, have better marketing strategies and we want to learn how to build a more effective funnel and, you know, we'll do more social media posts, but our business isn't growing. It's because we think that the problem is outside of ourselves. We think that if I just had better sales or better uh, people to network with, then all my problems would go away, but you're solving the wrong problem. The problem is the limiting beliefs, whether we're aware of them or not. And for people that are in personal development, it's even harder because after working on yourself for so long, nobody wants to hear that, well, it's still your beliefs and you're still the problem, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, but you're also the solution. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I always say that you're one belief away from your big breakthrough. Mm -hmm. And that's what the book takes you through powerful experiences that are designed to remove that mental malware. I love that. And, and as you were starting to talk about it though, Tim, I have to say, I'm looking around going, okay, where's the camera? Was he watching me with my computer this morning? Because I had all these technology issues. And now I'm thinking, oh, I, I need to use this and go back to the source and figure it out. But so for us mentally, this mental malware, like we figured out what it is now as you're describing it, but is there a way that you can help people get rid of it? Yes. Yeah, so let me give you a quick five-step process that I use that you can use too. Mm -hmm. So step one is we start with the feeling, right? How am I feeling right now? What is this feeling that I'm having? So for me, I usually say it's some kind of worry or fear or anxiety, 
Okay. So if I'm feeling that or pressure, some people say, I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm just, you know, I've got a lot of stress. I've got a lot of pressure on me. Okay, fine. Start with that pressure. Step two is what would I have to believe in order to feel that feeling in order to feel that pressure, or that anxiety, what would I have to believe? I'd have to believe that things aren't going to get done, or I'd have to believe that somebody's dropping the ball again, or I'd have to believe that we're going to lose this project and that we're going to lose the deal. All right, well, dig a little bit deeper. Well, then what, what do you really um, believe is going to be the worst possible situation here? Well, maybe I'm afraid that um, it's not going to work out and I'm not going to be able to pay my bills and then I'm going to lose my house and then maybe my family will leave me and then maybe people are going to think that I'm a joke or a fraud. Look, that you're not as successful as you say you are. And then what would that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that would mean then that, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough or I'm afraid that, that uh, I'm not going to be able to pull it off. I had people in my life that told me that, you know, you're never going to be able to do this. Who do you think you are? And, you know, I've worked my whole life uh, trying to prove them wrong trying to get rid of that feeling and, and show people that I am enough, right? Look what I've accomplished. Look what I've done. I call that achiever syndrome, mm-hmm. you know? So that's the second question is, or the second step is what would you have to really believe to be feeling this fear, or this pressure? And then step three is what would I want to believe instead? Because a belief is just an opinion, right? It's not a fact. It's just an opinion. You can believe whatever you want. So what would you want to believe in that situation? Well, ultimately, I'd want to believe that this is going to work out, that I am good, that I am safe, that I have nothing to prove. I'm already enough. I'm already good. If there was anything I needed to prove, I've already done that, <laughs> right? And so I want to believe that, that you know, I have the Midas touch and whatever I touch turns to gold or I'm like a cat. I always land on my feet. You know, this too shall pass. I'll, I'll be okay. You know, it always works out in the end, Heather. If it hasn't worked out yet, it isn't the end. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Then step four is, well, if I had that belief and it was really locked in, what bold move would I make that would really start tipping the scale in my favor? What's a bold action I could take? Not a little step. What would be a big step, a big domino that pushes over all the other dominoes? What would a big, bold move be that would allow me to start to solve this problem or find my solution? And then step five is once you have the new belief and you know what action to take, step five is take it. And just start acting from that new place of confidence or focus. You can do that in a matter of a minute and start to shift it around, shift the belief, and then get clear on what action to take and then get a move on. I love it. What a nice, clear five-step strategy. That's fantastic. Now, you, you mentioned in your strategy, I believe it was step two, something that you call the achiever syndrome. Mm, yeah. I feel like with some of our listeners, we may want to dive a little bit deeper into what that is. Yeah, great question. So with achiever syndrome, you know, you and I are achievers, right? Most mm-hmm. of the people that are listening and following you are also achievers, right? We want to have more than the status quo. We want to enjoy our lives and kind of call our shots and feel like we have a sense of freedom in every way. And a lot of how that got started usually came from insecurity. It came from feeling like we're not good enough or people told us we wouldn't be able to do things or, you know, we're so creative and and so rebellious that it's hard to work for somebody else, <laughs> you know? And so wait, wait, stop. You're getting, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 
So we want to be out there creating, you know, we don't want to be a worrier. We want to be a creator and, uh, and add value to the world. You know, and at first it starts out by um, us trying to prove that we're enough. And then as we get older, we start to not make it about ourselves anymore, hopefully. And we start making it about the people that we serve or take care of so that we can add value to the world and have that sense of contribution. But because it started from insecurity and anxiety, the motivational strategy is usually away from pain. We're always trying to move away from the pain of another bill, moving away from the pain of not making progress or having momentum, you know, moving away from the pain of not being able to, you know, hit our big goals. We reach a lot of goals, but our brain always says, well, that's what you've done, but what have you done lately? You know, or what do you have coming up next? And if it's not the way that we think it should be, then we just work harder. And what happens is we build this giant hamster wheel with a million tasks that we've created because we have to post every day on 50 social media sites mm-hmm. and everything else that we're doing. You know, most entrepreneurs are wearing, you know, it's a one person business. They're doing 50 million things. And we feel like we can't get off that hamster wheel because if we do, it's all going to explode. It's all going to fall down on top of us and we'll lose everything which is our greatest fear that we'll lose it all. And then who will we be? And we'll be alone, naked in a ball in a corner and no one will love us because we're nothing. You know, that that's a deep primal fear of not being good enough. And so it causes us to show up with anxiety instead of with a feeling of peace, which is usually what causes so much of the volatility, the high ups and the high downs um, because we're, we're coming from, that away from pain instead of just, you know, showing up with the whole goal of getting from today instead of just getting through it. You know, my goal isn't how much more money can I make today? My goal is how can I feel happy and help other people that I love feel happy as well today? And that's my goal every single day. Mm, I love that. And it sounds so simple to come combat something that sounded so painful, right? But it, it doesn't have to be hard to fix it. Yeah, you're right. But people have that belief that it is. It's so hard. It takes so long. You don't understand. I've been doing this for like 20 years. I've been to every Tony Robbins seminar there is. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes healers and entrepreneurs are the toughest to work with because, you know, we, we have our, our walls up. We have our ego up. We feel like, no, I've already done that. It's not me. I'm already clear but it always ends up being some belief we're not aware of. Well, okay. So have you figured it out here that, that maybe there are some common unconscious beliefs that sabotage specifically the entrepreneurs and small business leaders? Yes. Yeah. There's a belief that um, I never have enough time. Mm-hmm. There's a belief <laughs> that I, I can never get the stuff done. That's the most important stuff. Cause I'm always taking care of everything else that there's, um, I need to clone myself and there's nobody out there like me that would be able to help me do this. And if there was, I wouldn't be able to afford them (laughs) or I don't have time to train them. You know, that I'm too busy theme is very strong. Mm -hmm. Um, afraid of missing opportunities, you know, that I don't like that acronym of FOMO fear of missing out, you know, because that's just a sabotage. We're afraid to turn down any opportunity Uh, because it might be the one thing that was going to make it for us or open that door or unlock all that success that we've been 
you know, working so hard for, but always it seems just to be out of our reach and we don't know why. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is we start to see other people who are succeeding on social media, even though a lot of that is just show, you know, and, and, um, and then we turn it inwards and we start thinking what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. You know, why aren't I good enough? How come I'm not a lucky person? How come I'm not uh, having that kind of success? I watch those people. I can do a better job than them, but I'm not having that. I'm not making seven figures or eight figures while I'm hanging out in, you know, Costa Rica. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not having what's wrong with me, yeah. you know, and that's where it starts to, you know, cause us to lose our motivation. And then when we lose our drive, we completely freak out because our drive is what always made us feel safe. Right. Right. So now you use specifically, you use hypnosis Mm -hmm. to help these entrepreneurs and business leaders, right? How how does that work? So I use the uh, tools and insights from hypnosis NLP. um, It's all my, you know, seven years I put into my psychology degrees and, and uh, any kind of peak performance, EMDR, EFT, I mean, Psyche, if there was an, a way of being able to help people, I was figuring out what it was. Yeah. And, uh, and so now it's a combination. It really is my own little combination of how I take people through experiences to uncover those unconscious beliefs. Hypnosis allows you to work with your unconscious mind. And that's the boss. It controls 80% of what you do. It stores your beliefs and your habits in that part of your brain. And so it makes sense to work with that part of you as opposed to your conscious mind, you know, and willpower and using cognitive behavioral therapy, which is like positive thinking, right? And so, um, so being able to work directly with your unconscious mind, upgrade those beliefs right away, produces immediate shifts in your consciousness and what kind of information you pay attention to. It immediately shifts how you feel, which then influences how you behave. So, you know, people can do a 180 almost immediately, you know, they're not doing the mental work and then trying to feel the same way, you know, you're not saying I'm a wonderful person and I'm a money magnet and I attract wealth and, and I'm super successful. And then you have that deep swallow because your fear and your stomach is like, yeah, but that's not really what's happening. Mm -hmm. When we do the approach that I take people through your, your, your mind, uh, it starts by changing the feeling. You feel that security, you feel that love, you feel that peace, you feel that gratitude and abundance, and then your your beliefs align with that new feeling. Mm. And that's what causes people to show up and behave in new ways, which starts producing the exciting outcomes that they want. So it's a it's a backwards approach to what most people are doing. It's a perfect approach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very, very effective because that's, that's where it all lies under the surface. And so you're going right to the heart of it. Mm, you know, well said, right to the heart of it. Yes. Yeah. Well said. That's beautiful. We've discussed how this impacts individuals like our entrepreneurs, right? But mm-hmm. can you also help teams and companies upgrade their limiting beliefs? Yeah, that that's all I do now is upgrade on limiting or um, self-limiting beliefs. That's all Mm -hmm. I do. So if we're working with a team of leaders, usually I'm working with the leadership team first, and then we roll it out to employees, uh, or I'll work with the sales department. And when we start uncovering those beliefs, and it's the same beliefs, you know, not having enough time, not trusting people, 
older generations are afraid that younger generations are going to steal their jobs. So they're withholding their knowledge and training. Then younger generations feel like the older generations are being rude to them or they don't care about them. And so then they want to get their job, <laughs> you yeah. know? And so there's so much, so much dysfunctional communication mm-hmm. that exists in the world today. And, uh, and it causes us to lose our manners. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up in Indiana in the Midwest. Right. And, mm. and, uh, you know, sometimes people say, what do you do with those companies? And I'm like, I just teach them manners. <laughs> <laughs> But in order to do that, we have to upgrade those, you know, those beliefs and get people to trust one another and, uh, you know, and give each other compliments. I have an acronym that I use. I teach leaders to love one another and love is spelled L-U-V and it stands for listen to, understand and validate. Oh, I love that acronym. That's a great one. Thank you. So when you're, when you're loving on someone, you're really, you're really listening to them. You're understanding them. You're validating them. And most people simply, and you know this, Heather, most people are not good at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why it's what most people crave, right? Because they're not getting it. Well said. That's exactly right. So when you're the one that's providing what people crave, then your leadership influence skyrockets, Mm -hmm. right? Or your entrepreneurial influence skyrockets because they begin to trust you and trust is the foundation. Yeah. for a, a successful relationship and a happy, productive workplace culture. Uh, this is such good stuff, Tim. Oh my goodness. You know, if you listeners can just take a, a nugget. There's so much here I know, but just choose one thing <laughs> that yeah. Tim is talking about here to walk away with. You're going to be able to make some massive shifts. Now, you mentioned uh, before our call here that you would be interested in giving my listeners a free copy of your new program, The Power of Your Unconscious Mind. And I am so grateful for that. And I'm sure they will be as well. How can they grab that copy? Yes. Yeah, so if you go to powermindsetprogram.com, mm-hmm. powermindsetprogram.com, then you can grab a free copy of that. It's a great program. I share all kinds of amazing stories. You can imagine the stories I have after 30 years of hypnotizing people. Oh, they must (laughs) be great. That's outstanding. (laughs) And then listeners, I'll make sure to put that link into the show notes along with Tim. Is there any other way that you want people to get a hold of you or anything else that you'd like them to know about? If you go to timsure.com, you'll have all the resources. My books are on Amazon. And uh, so uh, you can reach out to me that way. Make sure you share this episode and like it and give uh, Heather's podcast five stars because that's how uh, she's able to grow her listenership and get this message out to more people. And that's really what we both want. So I'm just glad that whoever's listening right now that you've tuned in. And uh, take this information so that you can use the power of your mind to create your life by design so that you can spend the, you know, the rest of your life making this the best of your life. I love it. Oh, Tim, you're amazing. And by the way, everyone, I did not pay him for that plug, (laughs) but I should, because it's so true. We all have to help each other, right? And, And getting the message out and sharing it with someone, you're giving them a gift, right? And everyone who is looking to find you online, just want to make sure that they're aware that sure is S H U R R. 
so that you can find him. And like I said, I will make sure to put those links into the show notes to make it nice and easy for you to do so because he's got some fantastic content. Um, You got to check that out. But Tim, we're coming to a close now. If you had to take your 32 years of experience and pick out either one story or one takeaway that you really want everyone to leave with, what would that be? Mm. That reminds me of Kathleen, actually. Kathleen came in. I mean, I've worked with tens of thousands of clients over the years, but Kathleen has a special place in my heart. She came in, she was near 300 pounds. You know, as a hypnotist, a lot of people want you to help them lose weight and stop smoking. So I've done so much of that over the years. And, um, and she sat down and she said, I've tried everything. Diets don't work for me. Is there uh, you know, is there a way that you can hypnotize me to be a happy fat person? And then she started to cry and oh. those tears let me know that that's not what she wanted. She wanted to be a thinner, healthier, happier person. And what I learned is that when it comes to weight loss, it has nothing to do with the food or the exercise or any of that stuff. It has to do with our beliefs of worthiness and how we take care of ourselves. And most of us, especially achievers, will sacrifice our health to try to make momentum and, you know, make that next dollar. And so, um, so we've upgraded her beliefs and uh, she had a belief that she wasn't worthy of being loved. And if you don't feel worthy, you won't take care of yourself and you won't allow yourself to have those successes. So even if she made progress, she would just gain all the weight back. It was a clear physical uh, example of someone who, who their beliefs on the inside were reflected on the outside. So we upgraded those beliefs and she began to love and accept herself in a whole new way. She began her own best friend, best support system, her cheerleader. She lost 155 pounds in eight months. That was five years ago. And she's still thin and happier than ever before. Oh, what an amazing, incredible story. I love that. And like you said, it, it, it's not, that's a, that's a very, um, like you can have a visual representation of that, but it's for anyone mm-hmm. who is experiencing um, a disconnect between mm-hmm. how they feel and what they, what they want. And so I highly recommend any of you out there that you, that you take a look at Tim's site, um, definitely grab a hold of his, his free gift for you, Power of Your Unconscious Mind. This is great, great information. Tim, you have been an absolute pleasure. I have had a great time. Thank you so much for coming on. Heather, it has been an honor. Thank you so much. <laughs>